Hey everyone, Vito from Morbier here. We're outside of Oak Barrel Winecraft in Berkeley, California. They're one of the oldest homebrew shops in the nation. They're almost 70 years old. Um, so we're gonna go in and talk to them about that. I think right now it's a, an important time to talk about supporting your local homebrew shop. So we're gonna go in and talk to them about their history, what they're doing to stay relevant in this uh, new world. So let's go on in. Homer, Stacy, thanks for having us. This is awesome. I've been looking forward to this. Uh, glad to be here, glad to talk about stuff. Homer, let's start with, with you. You started here uh, when you were 15 years old? That's correct. A mere young lad. Yeah. Yeah, that's just a couple years ago. Though. Just a couple years ago, yeah. Right. So, so you guys opened in 1957. Um, and let me, I, I wanna introduce you because I thought this was really cool. I went and I was just looking at, um, uh, uh, Sully, uh, Sullivan, uh, from 21st Amendment. Uh oh. Sean Sullivan. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. he refers to you as every brewer's Jedi master. <laughs> to me, that as a Star Wars fan, I think that's really cool. And just, I, I mean, that's as long as I've been in home brewing, you know, you've been a, a legend. So just, I just want to, you know, give you your flowers on that. And then also, Chris, uh, uh, our president of More Beer and Olin, they, they wanted to say thank you guys. This shop was what they look to as like a baseline model of, of what a homebrew shop should be, you know? So just wanted to, to pass that along and That's say- That's almost too kind. Thank you for we having really appreciate us. appreciate it, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, so tell us uh, 1957, um, before I was born, uh, a different time. So you've been in the Bay Area homebrew scene, and, and I guess it was at that time more winemaking scene because homebrewing wasn't even legal? Well, 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 the business was started in 1957. It was started by uh, John Banks. And this actually was a winery, a full-fledged winery at that point in time. And so therefore he advanced and moved into, you know, the home brewing and home winemaking portion of it later on, like in the mid-60s or so. Because even there was a full-fledged winery, he built the building just right here in the middle of this block. Oh, and so then, it wasn't, there was no correct. even building at the time. That's right. It was the, the building, the original building was down here at Tokyo Fish Market, which is a Berkeley institution also. And it was in front of it. And so then he built the building in the middle of the block and that was in the early 60s. And they built another building later on in the late 60s over on the University of Curtis. And in that building there, it was a winery, but then he also opened up what he called Oak Barrel Winecraft. In other words, he started selling wine and beer making supplies. And that was in the late 60s. Late 60s. Hmm. What was the, I guess, the scene for lack of better terms? Like, was there a lot of home winemakers, home beer makers? at the time, obviously maybe not as popular well, as it is today, but. No, it was fairly popular, you know, but uh, it was more or less a, a sort of an underground thing because people were worried about, um, you know, getting caught making beer because it wasn't legal at that point in time. Wine making had been made legal. You could, you know, produce like 200 gallons of wine per year. So it was legal to sell the equipment and ingredients to make beer, but you weren't allowed to make it. You weren't allowed to make it. Just like it's legal to sell the equipment to make a bomb, Okay. But you aren't allowed to make it. Or I was thinking distilling. Or, or distilling. distilling. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Either one. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes distilling is a bomb. <laughs> that's a good point, too. Yeah. And it's happened yeah. on more than that's one occasion. That's why I've kind of stayed away from distilling, because, you know, it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, and then uh, 1979, you said, is, is... Well, the legalization came along later on. It was in 79 that, in other words, Alan Cranston, who was the senator here in California at that time, uh, got the bill pushed through with the help of a number of people here in Berkeley. You know, there was a, another shop called Wine and the People at the time that had a, a lot of people with uh, political aspirations and 
and um, and they actually helped make this bill that was pushed through the Senate that allowed uh, home brewing to be legalized, and Jimmy Carter was the one that signed it into law. That's amazing, and, and, and I think we're all thankful for, for that happening because it created, you know, the, the homebrew scene as I know it, maybe I'll, let's maybe jump a little forward to like the 90s. That's when I started homebrewing. Um, and I think crowd, it started becoming a little more popular right around then. There was more homebrew shops. Well, there was really a surge of homebrewing in the mid 90s because that's when you got uh, more breweries are starting to uh, develop and, and grow because people were homebrewers. And they had the foregleam at that point in time was to, in other words, take it and start a business with it and start making beer that they like to drink. So that's the trick part. It's what occurred was is that people started making beer that they wanted to drink as opposed to having to drink just the mainstream beers that were out there. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, that's why you have that array of different, you know, different grains and different grits that you can add to it to create whatever flavor you're looking for. And also that's where you got all these different varieties of hops now that you can just change the flavor profile of the beer just with the hops themselves. And now you have a uh, yeast that you can use that's gonna actually change. So therefore there's so many different variables into making a great beer, mm -hmm. you know, and really the main ingredient in the whole brewing process is that yeast. Mm -hmm. Yep, yeah, that drives most of the flavor. Oh yeah. Y you brought up an interesting subject that I think is worth mentioning, um, especially from a, uh, you know, we're talking homebrew shops uh, and, and the culture around those, but how many commercial brewers and pro breweries started from homebrewing and, and how it has influenced, uh, I mean, numerous brewers came up through here and uh one one i always like to mention is uh sierra nevada you know i mean it was in in 76 that ken grossman was going here to uc berkeley and ken grossman was buying supplies at the shop back then you know he was brewing beer and so he was already honing his craft and he was getting things in place uh, to start that brewery in the 80s so ken grossman bought supplies was home brewing that's correct from you or mm -hmm. from here yeah yeah from here yeah, right that's and, amazing and then after you go from there then you, you get into the other breweries that were already started like anchor steam which has always been you know a help as far as the home brewing community was concerned throughout the years anchor steam always gave back to home brewers you know fritz maytag was actually uh wonderful in that regard just as ken grossman is wonderful in that regard he always gives back to home brewers and you see that in, in a lot of places that are established as uh, breweries. Mm -hmm. Heretic, Heretic's great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamil is great at giving back. Yeah. You know, I mean, you see it with, with O'Sullivan even. He's good, mm -hmm. good at giving back. Faction. All these guys, yeah, I mean, you can, you yeah. can, you can go Roger down, you can go down like, yeah, Roger. Yep. Yeah, I mean, come on. All these guys are, are really, they're into it because they realize that, hey, they've got a pretty nice life due to the fact they're doing something that they just love. And so, therefore, they're willing to give back in that regard. Even even Vinny up at Russian River always comment, mm -hmm. you know, how he's always willing to give back. And how that really, he was one of the innovators of, in other words, just trying to use other things in making a batch of beer just to bring out uh, different flavors in it. And look what he's, look what he's developed, you know. I mean, I mean he has a cult following like uh, no other brewery, you know, and you, you respect that. I think, uh, yeah, definitely the, the sense of community within the craft beer and home brewing industry has always been one thing that attracted me to it so much is there's a community, there's this sharing, like 
uh, when I was a commercial brewer, you know, the, the Barrier Brewers Guild, we'd, we'd share yeast, hops, grains, like, and, and I think it's, I'm sure there's other industries where you do this, but the collaboration, like, you know, what, businesses getting together that I guess in theory are competing, but not, you know, really, but doing stuff together, um, that sense of community has always been huge to me. And I, and I believe the homebrew store kind of is where that, you know, this is where we gather, this is where we have a beer together. Uh, so we talk to, to people that, that are legends and educate and teach us to, to, to share that community. So, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, it's just super important. Uh, and I'm glad we're, we're, we're chatting about that and promoting well, that. that. That's the most important thing I think that needs to be maintained is the community itself amongst brewers, amongst people in the whole industry, whether if you're and just winemakers. one starting off or winemaker also. You know, I mean, being willing to give of your experiences so that you can help others even better their experience, mm -hmm. you know. And so, what you don't find is you don't find enough of that, you know. And that really that's important because that's how you keep the craft alive. That's how you keep it going, because now you have people striving to do other different things. And so, therefore, when you do that, and when you're giving back, I mean, that's good for this part of your body right here, as well as this part of your body right here. Yeah. Because that is the most. That's true love toward your brother and sister throughout life. Amen to that. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Stacey, let's talk about your, your background experience. So, uh, 2000, November 2020, you, you took uh, bought uh, Oak Barrel, the yeah. owner now. Yeah. Uh, so, during the pandemic, right? And, and I, I guess where I'm going with this is the pandemic, how it kind of, you know, we all retreated to our corners, and, 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 but now it's starting to open back up. Tell me a little bit about, you know. Sure, that. yeah. Yeah, I, I was in talks of taking over the shop before the pandemic hit. Okay. Um, once the pandemic hit, I couldn't take it over until my ex-father-in-law passed away. Uh, he had ALS. Mm. Uh, so that delayed us for a bit. And then I took it over and um, Bernie retired and he's still around. I just talked to him yesterday. Um, he's amazing. He's gonna be coming to the bottle shares. That's awesome. That's <laughs> right? great. So he's helping kind of keep yeah. the consistent, keep you going. Oh yeah, you know, he, he's, yeah he's always right there. Ins and outs of the industry. Whenever <laughs> we call him, whenever we have an event that we're hanging out at, he, he, he definitely still participates. So he, yeah. he owned it since the 90s or, or the 80s? Right, 80s. it was yeah. in okay. mid, not early 90s. Yeah. Oh. Right. Mm -hmm. Yep, mm -hmm. so I, I bought it. I, I've been a home brewer for, for, I don't know, 10, 12 years, and I made a business plan about you know 15 years ago to have a semi-retirement which is what this is for me um, out of marketing and uh, experience design uh, and uh, just wanted to have a shop where i could be a crazy old lady and do whatever i want i love that i omitted, <laughs> I omitted the f word in the middle of that yeah no but uh, <laughs> i'm good you can do whatever the fuck i want yes um so this gave it more structure than what I had in mind, um, but I love it. You know, it's I, I'm really into fermentation. I'm really into you know healthy eating and I and Whole Foods, not the store. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm also I love I love brewing. I like making things. I like the process of things. I'm a photographer. I do the chemistry and photography. So that's one thing I do see amongst home brewers for the most part is so my love. Uh, was food first yeah and just like taste and flavors right you know and i think you see that with with brewers too if you're into you know making your own beer you're generally into cooking for yourself you know making flavors across the board you know so right. it's uh I, I love that and you guys do a, so you guys do you know beer and wine making obviously but like and cheese cheese and vinegar, vinegar kombucha uh, water kefir 
Uh, there's so many people coming here for such a broad array of things. Mycology, weed growing. <laughs> nice, yeah. <laughs> right, apparently yeah. Uh, organic Pilsner malt is really good for that. Interesting. I actually I don't know. I so don't yeah, know. I learned, yeah. <laughs> so we talked about COVID. How did that affect your business? Yeah, but, what, what happened was that people started to uh, not want to come in and people wanted to, in other words, just order it online and then just come in and pick it up. Some even wanted us to bring it out to their cars and put it in the back of their car. Mm. And that way they had no contact. Pickup. That's right. No contact at all. And that, that was okay. Like a lot of people. Right. right. And a number of people did that. And so, and, and there was nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, the only thing that it did do was um, it maybe it made people a little bit less aware of the fact of being able to come into the store and fill out their own recipes themselves because that's really how you get to know exactly what you're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like cooking, like you mentioned earlier. I mean, you know, if you, if you can't go to the store and shop and, and, and pick out the pieces that you need for a recipe, well, then you're really not gonna never really fully understand what that recipe is all about. And so that's one of the main things of being able to come into a shop and be able to put together your own recipe mm -hmm. so that you can really become familiar with every grain, with every hop, you know, with your water profile that you need to make for the water, whatever you're making, you know, and also that's important. Being able to taste those things that you're going to put into it mm -hmm. to see exactly what you're going to achieve or come up with later on. But that's what people have gotten away from. And I think that sort of takes you away from uh, brewing in some ways, you know, because in other words, it can't always be just a, a one trick, easy to do, you know, it in the pot and let's go mm -hmm. you know so i think that as time goes on and people you know get to the point once again where they're they're not feeling apprehensive about being around other people they're going to come back into the store and start doing those things again and i think by doing that you really do um you really do you're able to make a better product later mm -hmm. on. i was telling you this is like my favorite interview and I'm just loving it. But then I walked over there and I saw Lee Shepard. That's yeah. the reason I got into beer judging. He's the one who, you know, you know, you're into all these competitions, you're coming, you're doing that. Like, we really need more beer judges. Um, so I got into judging after he passed away, you know. Um, and then um, at, when I was president of Homebrew of Doe's, um, we created like a BJCP program to create judges in his honor. So it, I don't know. Oh, that's sweet. I guess what I'm just saying is this. This interview is important to me, and then seeing things like that, just, I don't know, just really, yeah, just, just a good vibe. So, mm -hmm. anyways, yeah, yeah. all right, let's dive back in. Let's talk about, um, you know, some of the unique things you guys do, um, you know, to, to, to bring people into the place, classes, um, bottle share, you'd mentioned that. Let's go over some of that kind of stuff to, to share with other people. Sure, shop yeah. Owners. A great segue is coming out of well, sort of coming out of COVID-ish. Um, now that people are feeling more comfortable being around each other, we started in um, March uh, with Bottle Share. Um, people come in from, like I said, from all different types of making of, of stuff. We haven't had anybody bring cheese in yet, but I'm sure they will. Um, and to share it, provide, you know, input, uh, direction, ask questions, learn stuff. Uh, share resources. That's been awesome. The classes have been another way to, to expose people to to new things that they weren't sure of. Like we've been doing different types of brewing uh, techniques. We did a brew in a bag class, which helped people go from uh, 
extract brewing to the next step, all grain, but with you know little investment. You know, just get a bag and you can go ahead and do that. And that was very successful. We've had a lot of people very excited about you know what they can do with that. Um, we're doing a all-in-one brew demo coming up next weekend. Um, when we have more kind of niche uh, classes coming up, uh, we have the cast conditioning with mm -hmm. Dave McLean from uh, founder of uh, Magnolia. Magnolia Brewing, yeah. but also a co-founder of Admiral Maltings. Admiral Maltings, well, yeah. So he's he's been doing a lot of classes here because he's my boyfriend, and uh, he wants to give back to the community and you know help people uh, you know take the step forward to do stuff at home that they enjoy in the world, and also he sh shares a passion for. He recently did a, a demo on how to do an English, English, uh, I think he did English bitter. Bitter. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. He did yeah. a demo Love and discussion. And those classes are really special because, and we'll do more of them with more people. I know Shauna Sullivan from 21st Amendment wants to come in. He was just here with Dave doing a brew day, mm. but he wants to come I in and teach a class. On Instagram. Yeah. That was very fun. That was really fun. And it, what a great thing to like be a home brewer and be able to watch them brew and ask questions and actually watch them figure out a new system that they haven't brewed on before. Mm, uh, which, was, yeah. which is why the beer is called Ask Homer, because they had to ask him so many questions. It was hilarious. That's awesome. There's yeah, I love tying in the, the local you know, brewmasters who, who started as home brewers, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and giving back to the community goes back to, to what we were talking about earlier. Right. And in that same vein, we're going to we're going to start reaching out to the local uh, breweries and um, brewers and put together kits based on recipes that that are inspired by their their flagship beers. Awesome. Yeah, I see you guys mm -hmm. you do your own kits as well. We do our own kits. Yep. Absolutely. Homer uh, is just formulating a new kit. I think we just kicked the the keg on that IPA actually. Oh, the IPA is going. Yeah, the huh. Summit. Mm. Summit base. I was trying some of that. Uh, I think, delicious, I think I kicked it at the, the end Thank of the you. day. Oh yeah, this was brewed by uh, Santiago, who's the head brewer now at Faction. Oh and, okay. And um, Tom, who's the head brewer now at Federation. Both Tom used to work here. Work here. I know Both Tom from Benoit Casper. That's right. And from working here. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah and yeah. Santiago worked here too. Okay. Yeah. So it was really fun for SF Beer Week. We had them come in and, and brew here and brew a beer. It was all California ingredients. It was Admiral Maltings, and we had Thompson hops from out in Tracy. Mm, okay. Yeah. So local grown local hops Local grown, well. yeah, which we're wow. starting to carry too. And uh, Homer came up with the recipe, and that's what we're drinking. That's delicious, yeah. man. Thank you, It's guys. so good. Easy drinking beer? <laughs> it's so good. So unique products. I saw you guys also do, uh, you sell all the ingredients to make vinegar, but you also have bottled vinegar that you guys sell as well, mm -hmm. which I thought was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Yep, um, yep. We're going to try to, um, we, we brought the, the red in is from a, a local importer, Amphora. Mm. Yeah, they're super nice. And the wines, I mean, the vinegar is delicious. How is like that whole, it's kind of new to me, The I'll call it food fermentation. Um, uh, we talked about earlier, like kombucha, that kind of stuff, uh, kefir. Uh, I love hot sauce, so that's like a cool one for yeah, me. Yeah, but like, how's that? Is, do you guys have a lot of customers that are into that area of um, food I fermentation? I guess yeah. I wouldn't say a lot. Okay. I'd say maybe like ten percent, fifteen. Yeah, there, there, there's a few that are involved in that, but mm -hmm. um, I mean, the main focal point here truly is beer and wine. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and there's great stores in in Berkeley and Oakland for for food fermentation. Okay. okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's cool to see that kind of expand and, and you know, just what, what I guess we've learned from, from beer and winemaking into food, you know, so it's cool to see that, that segment grow. Mm -hmm. uh, it kind of leads back to what you were talking about, the health 
side of things, you know, being conscious, making making the products that you're putting in. Making good decisions. Making the good decisions, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Note taken. Yeah. <laughs> you guys weren't my local homebrew store, but I always loved coming here. And one of the reasons I would come is uh, to drop off uh, beers for competitions. Um, so you guys have always been a point for that. And then also, um, so yeah, do you guys, uh, that, I guess, speak to that, competitions, and then also festivals. One of my favorite things is uh, Northern California Homebrewers Festival, mm. which is a great festival. Do you guys uh, set up booths at, at festivals, things like that, or? We have in the past, but over the years, um, we started figuring out that people went to festivals just to drink. They weren't worried about talking about homebrewing at yeah. that point in time. And so that's why we sort of um, stopped doing the festivals at that point in time. But now, maybe people's idea or thought or train of thought is changing, and it might be something to look into to going back to doing. Yeah. yeah Especially now, since you can serve home brew. Yes. See, before yeah. you couldn't serve it. Yeah. That's See, years right, ago. Yeah. See, before you couldn't serve it. But now, all that's changed within the last three years or so. And so, yeah, might be something to look into. Yeah, especially the. the NCH at the Northern California Homebrewers Festival I talked about. That one, I, the, the local like beer fest, yeah, people are just going to get, you know, mm -hmm. drunk, you know. Uh, but that one's a camp out event. So it's kind of like Boonville. Yeah. Like, you get the serious homebrewers that are, you know, there for the education and stuff. So uh, I always find Or to educate. Huh? Or to educate. Or to educate. Yeah, there's a lot of that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> um, and you get into a room full of uh, homebrewers and you have a room full of opinions. And they're all different. And they're all different, yeah. They're Which all, is good. Yeah. You know, that's it's all great. great. Yeah. Everybody, that's the kind of the beauty of home, home brewing is you can do things so many different ways. And there's not really a wrong way. Well, sometimes there's a wrong way. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't use your hands. That's one I always <laughs> loved. And kind of going back to what I was talking about on the commercial level, the collaboration. But even on the homebrew level, that's one thing I always enjoyed was going to brew with other people because mm -hmm. I always learn something you know they might do it different might be right might be wrong like you said right but I always learn something you mm -hmm. know like why do you do that you know and you talk through that and uh, it's just a great experience you know of, of just brewing with people so I you know mm -hmm. I encourage brewers get out there and uh, brew with others yeah and come <laughs> by our brew days we do brew days where we have uh, members of the Bay Area Mashers brewing in the parking lot we'll have like three or four different setups out there and then we'll have guest brewers on the 15 gallon system inside. Awesome, doing like a big, everybody's different systems. We did, it, all brewing we did it for National Homebrew Day okay. um, recently, and we've done it for other brew days too, like uh, just like for uh, SF Beer Week. Mm -hmm. We didn't have the Bay Area Mashers here for that, but we did have uh, Tom and Santiago, as I said, and we'll be doing more like that because people just love it. It's mm. so fun. Yeah. Um, last time Homer made barbecue, which was Ooh. delightful. Sean O'Sullivan brought his pizza oven and made a bunch of pizzas. Oh man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was, yeah. it did not suck. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're talking about supporting your local homebrew store. Uh, in your guys' words, why is it important to support your local homebrew store? Community. You build a community and then you build trust amongst one, one another. And once you build that trust amongst one another, then ideas and thoughts are going to interchange easily and therefore a person's going to learn from that and they're going to learn a heck of a lot more than just trying to get something over the internet you know i mean you'll have that hands-on see thought and experience when you come into the store and you actually you're able to appreciate when somebody says well i want to change my beer around i want it to have maybe a little more of a honey character to it well you go over and you show them some honey more 
He said, taste this here, smell it. Well, you can't get that through your computer if you're sitting at home. And so therefore you build up a rapport and you help that person to appreciate that there's more to this than just doing it on your own. You can't learn how to do calculus on your own. You can't learn how to do algebra on your own, but you need somebody to help you with it. And so therefore coming into a store like this and getting their help from someone, it makes all the difference in the world. Whether it's beer, whether it's wine, whatever, you know, you're, in other words, you need to be helped along in any project that you um, reach out and endeavor to try to do. Well, thank you guys so much for, for having us here today. Homer, it's an honor. Stacy, it's an honor. Love what you guys are doing. Love everything. I mean, I, I'm in the presence of a legend. Legends. Um, There's only one legend. So thank you guys. Um, cheers. Thanks for having us. I appreciate you so much. Keep doing Thanks the great coming. work. Thank you, kind sir. Yeah, thank you. We appreciate you.